5 East Charleston Road in Palo Alto, a wheelchair-accessible venue. A $20 suggested donation benefits Peninsula Peace and Justice Center. The event is co-sponsored by PPJC, Reach and Teach, and PM Press. For more information or advanced tickets, call 650-326-8837 or visit www.peaceandjustice.org. Good afternoon. You're listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, and 88.1 KFCF in Fresno. Also online at kpfa.org. 3 p.m. Stay tuned now for Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up. In darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is Tuesday, July 26th, 2011. Yes, Oslo, Norway, carnage. A 33-year-old Norwegian male... Seems to be a kind of zombie. Uh, he has murdered scores of teenagers, uh, his own people. Uh, Anders Brivik is the name, right? His dad, his father, was quoted on the uh, television just as I was leaving the house. He says that he wishes his son had killed himself. That is, that he had committed uh, suicide, you know. Uh, The the children, the young people, they are the flower, you know, the, the fruit, the joy of any society. Our children, you know, they are members of uh, the Norwegian Socialist Party, the ones... The best and brightest, the ones who care enough to work to build that better world we progressives are always talking about. Uh, An unspeakable act. Why am I not shocked? We know now that the cancer is global. It has metastasized, spread around the world... uh, Back in the middle of the 20th century, the prophets warned us, the artists, the poets, they promised we we would inherit a, uh, well, we would inherit the wind and and a wasteland of war and carnage, right? 
The sins of the fathers wreck the lives of the children. Right. Ask why we died, because our fathers lied. It's funny, you know. It's a snake. My image, the image in my head, is a snake eating its own tail. When when we devour our young, I think we can we can we can recognize that <clears throat> we have become cannibals.、Uh, I don't know whether we can ever escape the past. The poison is too deep.、Uh, we've grown sick with this、uh, this toxic. Past.、Uh, I think of the world as haunted now. I think of the men, the men in my own life.、Um, my father, World War Two, pretty much destroyed him. Was a doctor over in the Pacific、uh, on those hospital ships.、Um, lover in Korea, pretty much. Uh, broken. My brother in Vietnam. The seal, yes.、Um, the things he saw finished him. No wonder we can't live with these men.、Um, and of course, the women are either complicit or they—they're playing their part. Yes, I thought of. H.G. Wells this weekend.、Mm, long ago, he told us. He said that、uh, human history has become more and more a race between education and catastrophe. And I thought, well, what the hell is education? Have not we seen or experienced enough to know what?、Uh, What、uh, man's inhumanity to man is all about?、Uh, in our time, in this cauldron of crime, in this land of the lost,、uh, what were those teenagers doing? They were being educated. They were studying out there on that island. They were doing a workshop. We call that a liberal education. That was back in the 1950s. Yes, social welfare. Promote. Yes, promote the general welfare. It says. You know that welfare has now become a nasty word. When I was a student, we read our Euripides and our Shakespeare, all those humanists, Voltaire, George Eliot, Matthew Arnold, sweetness and light. He said, "Sweetness and light." He said, "Now that we had achieved leisure, we could、uh, turn to the、uh, arts and become." Purveyors of sweetness and light. My mother used to laugh at that.、Uh, Virginia Woolf was a little more cryptic. George Bernard Shaw was a hopelessly romantic socialist. I think when I was young, I thought that the dramatists 
the dramatists were the ones that would reach uh, the masses, you know, the people who were not scholars, who did not study. I thought the plays, the theater, acted out. I remember, yes, the Black Panthers used to always say that uh, they had to do street theater, guerrilla theater. That's how you educate the people. Okay, yes, all the stories and myths, all these, uh, what is that, liberating uh, plays, all about the power of love. Then, of course, came the age of anxiety, and then the age of apathy, and then the age of irony, and then suddenly, somehow, not too long ago, I think the screen went blank. Fade out, dim out, black out. <laughs> I thought about that. One season, uh, The Sopranos, the ending of the most popular series on television, uh, on cable television for years, uh, they decided to end it. They just had a blackout in the middle of a scene. Everything just went dead. The people had all become the zombies, uh, heartless. Yes, the death of the heart. The feeling is lost. Now we have noise. Our theater is noise. We have action movies. Uh, 1980s brought us Rambo. The movies, um, they were all about the money. Uh, the action pictures, they would sell all around the world, you know, South Africa bought the uh, action pictures. I remember uh, suddenly realized that uh, the Judeo-Christian messages of Hollywood were long gone. Movies all became machines, video games, slash, cash, smash, you know, vroom, vroom. And for a handful of us, it was just silence, memories fading, uh, a few plays. I go to the plays now, they're expensive, and there's audiences full of gray hairs and uh, nostalgic types. Uh, a little, maybe, a little, uh, maybe the rock concerts, culture clash. But somehow the stories are muted. Uh, movies are over now. House lights up. We are at home. We are in hell. Over the weekend, I tried walking around and I bumped into a few strangers and I talked about this, this carnage in Oslo, in Norway, about this bombing and then the socialist students there at the workshop on the island and how it was that the shooter just walked right in because, well, he was wearing a policeman's uniform so there was no reason to be afraid because he was a nice blonde man in a uniform. Right. Ah, shot them for hours. I talked to people, I said, uh, said, you remember our own homegrown terrorist, that guy, Timothy McVeigh? Who, somebody said. I said, Timothy McVeigh, you remember? 
Remember that guy, that fundamentalist, uh, right-wing, uh, white supremacist, the the guy with the help of um, Terry Nichols, you know, remember that guy? He killed, I think it was 169 human beings there. Uh, uh, it was uh, in uh, Oklahoma City, he blew up a federal building, U.S. federal building. There was a child care center there. Uh, so there were a lot of children in the building. 169. Body count much higher than Anders. <laughs> Anders says he's sorry, you know, but, well, he had to do it. Had to start the revolution. So... The uh, people I talked to said, oh, well, Timothy McVeigh, uh, uh, he got he got uh, executed, right? That's over and done with, blood under the bridge. He, he was punished, he's dead. Uh, like bin Laden, right? We got even. Past is past, right? In my experience, never, never, never. Uh, I wonder if people think that these centuries of chattel slavery on this continent are past and gone is that over and done with uh, late last night I dug out this book uh, it's a novel heard it mentioned on the radio by somebody today right uh, right some pundit so uh, it's a, a novel uh, that Timothy McVeigh carried around with him for a long time the FBI said it was his uh model for the Oklahoma bombing, um, kind of a handbook, Bible anyway, he he used it to plot <laughs> his role in the coming revolution. It's called the Turner Diaries. It's about a guy named Earl Turner, one of the early martyrs. It is, ha, fiction. I might have time to read you a little bit of the prologue the the uh well anyway the publisher's introduction his excuse for publishing it saying that uh uh because you know we have to have freedom print is is um well he, he says that <laughs> you know that most of the most of the copies of the book um were sold um Direct, yes, they mailed in. Let's see, the Turner Diaries by Andrew McDonald. Never mind. Uh, the the publisher says that it contains racist propaganda and that it was the blueprint for the Oklahoma City bombing and that many people would like it banned, but it's being published to warn America to alert the people. Anyway, I don't know myself uh, whether it should be published. Um, the book is bland beyond belief. It's a flat, passionless story about this man, Earl Turner. He sets out to destroy his country, his society. has no, no uh, meaningful motives, no ideas, a, a kind of belief in his gun culture, in his right to prevail... Something about European heritage being sacred, uh, superior race, 
his God being the God, and so on. Um, the book was written by a retired teacher, now dead. Um, he was interviewed on television many years ago. I remember cringing. Uh, he was a kind of smirking reactionary um he said that he, he wrote the novel for fun. Uh, the room that he sat in while he was being interviewed was decorated with Nazi paraphernalia and pictures of Adolf Hitler. And he said, well, you know, you have to publish Mein Kampf so that people can know what they're up against. That kind of thing. Um, the style is kind of the pulp magazine style. Uh, there is there is a so-called sex scene in which the woman acknowledges the man, that is Earl Turner's superiority, that is, as male. And um, <laughs> the, the line the writer uses, yes, nature took its course, that's a quote. Uh, he gives the orders and she follows them. Curiously, the novel is utterly sexless. Uh, just uh, squeaky clean. It, um, well, it's, it's also loveless and mindless. Uh, the descriptions are of the need, uh, the necessity to kill Hollywood actresses who sleep with black men, to hang them from lampposts, to make examples of those women because they are sluts. And, uh, you know, uh, the attitude is puritanical. Uh, Turner is a lean, clean machine. He has this fascist psychology. See Wilhelm Reich's uh, The Psychology of Fascism, Destruction of Eros, uh, The Rise of Thanatos, The Death Principle. Was it Franco in Spain used to say, Long live death. It's clean, cut to the chase. Clean death. Anyway, Timothy McVeigh said he identified with the central character in that book, in the Turner Diaries. It's an old book now. I, I wonder if this man, this 33-year-old, um, I wonder if Anders has read this book. Um, he apparently has done his homework. I found an article here. Ah. Uh, uh, New Yorker, July the 4th, 2011, tells us all about um, the uh, uh, E.L., that's the, uh, right, <laughs> that's the English Defense League. Now, this was written just uh, just a week or so ago, two weeks ago, by Lauren Collins, and it's... It's kind of lighthearted and charming. Uh, it's written before this terrible carnage in Norway, and it's called Letter from Luton. Uh, the failure of British multiculturalism and the rise of the Islamophobic right. Uh, England, there England is the title of the article, and uh, 
It's all about the British anxiety about immigration. Uh, the author says that uh, anxiety in Britain is more acute than in any other European country surveyed. Well, I don't know. She says that they are experiencing the largest influx of people in the country's history, record levels of immigration in the last 10 years. Okay, uh, the Muslim population has increased by 74%, from 1.6 million to an estimated 2.8 million since 2001 okay if you want to check this article out it gives you some background um it's uh yes the english defense league is one of the sources for this current uh murderer he he looked it up <laughs> it's all on the net folks it's all out there he uh Yes, he's trying to defend, to defend his culture. Uh, in any case, um, in the Turner Diaries, we see this character, Earl Turner, trying to become a martyr to the revolution. Just like Anders, yes, just like that guy in Norway. Uh, in the novel, this little novel, uh, the man uh, dies and he uh, looks forward to the day when he will be seen as a hero, one of the first to sacrifice himself for the revolution. Tim McVeigh was raised by his father and his grandfather. He was raised in a gun culture, no women around. His mother left home when he was very young, uh, I think of Gertrude Stein's story. She says people misunderstood. When she talked about a lost generation, she said it wasn't about uh, the jazz and the decadence. She said it was about the young men who were taken away from women at the age of, oh, well, early, well, in adolescence, say, 16, 17, and sent off to war. It was a crucial period in their lives, and because they were without a family, without women around them, they became, uh, well, let us just say, they suffered the death of the heart, and a part of them was missing from then on. Uh, and they were the lost generation. Anyway, Timothy McVeigh's pathology seems so simple, I, I think of it as a waste of time to study it, but I think what needs study is the environment, the conditions, uh, this petri dish that's creating these monsters. Uh, how do these men come into being? How do they catch this disease? Uh, the killer in Norway is going to trial in eight weeks. Um, apparently, Norway does not sentence criminals for more than 21 years. Uh, exceptions have been made if the criminal is thought to be a danger to others, you know. Uh, there is some, some information. They say that they may add nine 
more years for crimes against humanity. The idea that this guy could get out of prison someday uh, is curious indeed. I'm one of those who thought we should have kept Timothy McVeigh alive, maybe in a glass cage. Maybe we could have seen what uh, what changes might evolve, what age or experience or education might do to him. I mean, you know, as an experiment. <laughs> so many men told me that that wouldn't bring about closure, that I didn't understand. Uh, I wonder if it serves mankind uh, just to, you know, kill one more person. Uh, after all, that puts him out of his misery. But if he were to be incarcerated, uh, or maybe allowed to do some practical work, labor, uh, he was a flop. Um, he tried to join the Green Berets at some point after his first tour of the military. Uh, my father always said the danger was from the men who failed in their efforts to uh, achieve something in the physical realm, military. I think, uh, yeah, Timothy McVeigh was turned down, and uh, I guess we can say he became bitter. He washed out. Now, one can only wonder what 20 years of farm labor or road building say. What would that make of him? I remember, yeah, so many people said uh, they wanted closure, finality. I guess what they meant was they wanted to forget about him. Well, I suppose revenge has its uses. Um, I just don't see how death compensates for anything. As the philosopher says, we must live on and suffer. Perhaps he could have learned to suffer. Surely, uh, individuals who have forfeited forever their right to live among us, surely there's something they can teach us. Um, people say that if a criminal wishes to die, then that might be uh, permitted. Who would decide what judge or jury? Uh, anyway, I think we should try to work towards a system of justice in which criminals could reform, could evolve, that is, make amends. And I'm running out of time. I have pages and pages here about a wonderful book by Sigrid Unset, all about what they used to do with manslaughter, men who committed manslaughter back in the 14th and 15th centuries in Norway. She wrote these sagas and epics, Kirsten Navran's daughter. The one I want to tell you about is the Master of Hestviken. Wow! Crime of Passion, four-volume novel. The man has to take responsibility for his manslaughter. It's a matter for the church in his case. Also, some civil law. <laughs> The central character treks all the way to Iceland to kill his wife's lover. Then it takes the rest of his life to do restitution for his sin. 
Now, that is a different time and certainly a different focus. Uh, I don't know what we are supposed to do with uh, this age of barbarism. If you have any suggestions, I wish you'd write to me. Uh, I'm, what is it? I'm not ready for it because I'm one of those pitiful souls who's the victim of a liberal education. Barbarism <laughs> is our fate. Uh, I'll be back on the air next week at this same time. We'll be having a fundraising marathon. This has been Jennifer Stone. Until next Tuesday at this same time, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. PFA, the final frontier. You are listening to the stories and the insight and the music of KPFA on its indefinite mission to explore all of our worlds, to seek out the truth, the knowledge, the wisdom, to boldly go where no station has gone before. Come help KPFA expand the boundaries of knowledge by donating your time during the Summer Fun Drive from August the 2nd to August 11th. Stop by the KPFA studios at 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Berkeley near the corner of University Avenue or call 510-848-6767, extension 618, to be part of the KPFA phenomenon.